everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. The sky is not falling. Despite the moves made by Atlanta United so far in the transfer window, which opened on Wednesday, it doesn't mean that everything is doom and gloom. Those moves, of course, were trading Andrew Gutman to Colorado and then sending Franco Ibarra out on a loan. Atlanta United says it's right now just to another MLS club because the paperwork isn't done. I've been told by a person with knowledge that he's going to Toronto. And there's a whole lot more to it, and we'll get into all that in just a minute. You're going to hear from Carlos Bocanegra talking about the moves, talking about the bigger picture. You're going to hear from manager Gonzalo Pineda on if he's frustrated losing two starters. You're going to hear from Ronald Hernandez about the mood in the locker room. And I'm going to answer your questions about the moves and the team and the health of a few different players. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And if this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, so we had heard rumblings that something was going to happen. And then as we're sitting there watching the players come out for training, we see Frank Albara is not among the players who are coming out for training. And then we notice that Frank Albara is standing behind us watching training. And then he goes and gets in his white Mercedes and drives away. And at that point, it was clear something was about to happen. And here's Carlos Bocanegra talking about what happened. So at the moment with Franco, uh, we have an agreement for a loan in in place for him. Um, As it's not completely finalized and signed off with with all parties, just want to be respectful to the player and the the other club involved. But um, at the moment, we have a a loan agreement. So again, a person with knowledge told me that Abara is going to Toronto. They also said, you know, Abara, as expected, is not happy that he's leaving Atlanta United, even though it is on just a short-term loan. And I'm going to go into why all that is in just a minute. That he'd hoped to train with the club, but was told that he couldn't because of the the situation. So it stinks. Uh, Franco, to me, is a good guy. He's developed into a really good player. 17 appearances, 15 starts this season. And here's Bocanegra on why they had to loan Abara. So we'll be loaning him till the end of the season. Um, and uh, as you know, we've got the four U22 situation. So uh, for us at the moment, um, having this option for, for him to go out on loan um, 
uh, allows us to, to have the, the three 22s again. So I've written this a few times, but I'm going to explain it again on the podcast. MLS roster rules allow for three under 22 initiative signings. So basically it's three players aged like 22 or younger you could sign in which their cap hit isn't nearly what they're getting paid. So just for round numbers, let's say the player's actually making 500,000. The cap hit is only like, I think it's 220 if they're 22 or older or at the end of the contract or like 150 if they're younger. It's something like that. There's so many Ross rules it's hard to, to keep track of. Atlanta United started the season with four under 22 signings. Again, you can only have three. So they sent Edwin Mascara on loan to Defensa y Justicia, if I'm saying that correctly, in Argentina. It was supposed to be for the year. Well, the loan got unexpectedly, Bocanegra described it as mutually canceled in early June. Mosquera came back to become roster compliant. Atlanta United had to move out either Mosquera, Abara, Santiago Sosa, or Eric Lopez. So the problem becomes, and Carlos is not going to talk about this directly, and, and it's clear why. The team could not find a taker for Lopez because he's barely played for Atlanta United. Couldn't find one for Mosquera if they, if they look because he's barely played. He played a little bit last year. So then that leaves Sosa and Abara. Of the two, Abara is the more proven commodity, so he's going to be the player that other teams want. And there you go. It's simply how sports works. And here's Bocanegra talking about how moving Abara is part of a bigger plan. Well, I think hopefully you guys will see at the end of the window um, when we have made all of our, our kind of our moves and where the pieces fall that uh, this was this was part of the, the greater plan. So it's not necessarily one in, one out, but um, it's to make the entire roster better as a whole and strengthen in, in different areas where, where we want to strengthen. Uh, you guys know in this league it's tough with uh, trying to bring players in, bring players out with the salary cap, so uh, you have to make some, some real tough decisions on, on uh, players to move like you saw uh, last week with, uh, or earlier this week, excuse me, with Andrew Gutman as well. Moving out, um, again, there's a few more moves coming down the pipeline and hopefully you guys will see at the end of the window and we can kind of discuss why we went through the whole uh, all the movement that we did this window so yeah this is um the the goodman trade wasn't a necessitated by mls roster rules the goodman trade to me was the result of him being out of contract the team holds an option on his contract for next year if they don't move him now, they get nothing for him next year. You need to also keep in mind, and this is also true of Ibarra, though that was a roster rules thing. The team has given up the second most goals in Major League Soccer. It didn't make the playoffs last season. No player on the back line is untradeable or untouchable. To think that they're that valuable is, to me, a little um, naive at this point of the season. So here's Bocanegra on why they traded Gutman. Again, just a part of the, the plan to try and get better for the back half of the season, make a big push into the playoffs and, and win, really. And so um, with positions that we have on the field and with players that we have available to, to play, 
we had to make some tough decisions and, and you, you need to move a few guys out to then bring a few guys in. So, I mean, it's true. It is MLS rules and it is what it is. It's, it's tough. You know, it's tough on the players. It's tough on the front office trying to deal with, with the different rules. I could read to you the under 22 initiative roster rules and the different ways that you can make a U 22 into a regular player and your eyes would glaze over in about 10 seconds. It's, it's, it's a, it's a rule that had a, it was a good idea, but it's just way too complicated at this point. And I understand why teams can only get three because then anyway, we're not going to go into all that. Here's Bocanegra on what positions the team is looking to strengthen. Yeah, I mean, we, we've got a couple more coming in, in the pipeline. Obviously, uh, Luis uh, left uh, a couple weeks ago, right? And so, you know, most likely you'll, you'll see that position uh, you know, backfield, so to speak, as well, um, with hopefully one more, if, if we can add, add another one to that. And if that signing might be DP or TAM level? Yeah, I, th- I think we'll, we'll see a, a couple players of of some more significance come in. Uh, it, it's hard because the, the challenge that we have, and I really get frustrated when you talk about my frustration with the league rules, it's more the designations of the players, okay. which it really, it, it's difficult. Like I, I don't like speaking about the players as a DP or a TAM, or they're, they're players coming in of importance that we think will help the team. And so um, that's, at least that's how I, I like to view it. I get that. Loggerway has also talked about kind of a need to ignore the um, player designation rules when it comes to to certain things. But it does sound like they're going to bring in a winger. It does sound like they're going to bring in a striker. And it does sound like they're going to bring in another player. I did want to follow with Bocanegra on if Gutman had done something to get traded. I get it. Like, the questions are fair and what you guys are asking. It, it's not that we – dislike a player or not that sometimes you don't even want to necessarily have to move the player but to to try and you know complete our overall plan what we want you have to make tough decisions and we feel like in these locations on the field we have players that can that can do mm-hmm. a job we feel like we're, we're pretty deep in these areas it also allows us to bring players in other positions we want to strengthen so again Gutman played with his heart on his sleeve here competed I like did a good job right and it's like so same with the bar like it's it doesn't mean we dislike the player or it's just, you know, you have to make some, some tough decisions and, and this is the case. So again, the, I mean, that's just Bocanegra saying he, he liked how Gutman played and uh, wasn't happy to have to trade him, but it's just some of the things that you have to do. You know, as many of you know, Yurgo Shakamaki suffered a, a hamstring injury. I said it was his third. Bocanegra said it was a second. I think the we were splitting a hair because the same one happened in two consecutive weeks. But I asked him if his injury history is forcing the club to perhaps bring in another striker. His injury should not be long-term. And, um, you know, he had, like, he came out because he felt something the first time. I think it's, it's his second, but, yes, fair, fair enough. Like, so, uh, no, it's just making sure we monitor him. Um, again, big picture, we, we might bring another striker in regardless. Okay. Um, so there you compete, go. Too, we know, you know, if he's not playing 90 minutes week in and week out, uh, do we need to strengthen that? So that that's definitely on the, uh, a possibility. Here's Ronald Hernandez talking about the mood of the team following these kind of shocking trades and loans. I think it's a little bit surprised because we found out uh, just some days ago. But, you know, it's football, it's MLS, so we got to move on. Uh, we wish him the best. 
and then yeah, let's 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 continue working. So Ronald Hernandez typically plays as a right back. He's also played as a left back. So I wanted to ask him what might his role be with Gutman gone. We will see. You know. Uh, at least uh, Gonzalo knows uh, what kind of player I am. Uh, I've been playing the left back, right back, now uh, as a third central back. So he knows, depends of the teams and what he sees as a coach. Uh, he will uh, give me a chance or no. And here he is talking about his level of comfort is playing as one of the three center backs, which he did in last week's 2-0 win against Philadelphia. And his answer is going to surprise you. I don't think it was a, a comfort zone. I think it was like more uh, playing with confidence, mm-hmm. playing with the emergency mode, playing with the back to the basis after the defeat and away from Red Bull, and then being able to to listen our teammates and, and our directions from the coach, and then just apply in the in the in the game. It turns out that was the first time he's ever played center back in a game. I forgot Joe followed up my question with his question. That's where that answer that I said would surprise you came from. But here's Hernandez talking about his training on learning how to play center back. I think understand the game, understand the game, some video clips, uh, uh, be able to listen the the direction from the coach, be able to, from the teammate as well. So, you know, uh, listen and, uh, and try to apply. And Pineda was last up today, holding his customary cup of coffee. He really needs a sponsor. Started by asking him if he was frustrated to lose two starters out of his lineup. I don't know how to answer that because it's not frustration what comes to my mind. This is MLS. is is moving parts happen all over the place, all over the clubs, and I've been used to this since long time ago. Um, And again, if you are talking specifically about Andrew, about Ivara. Uh, I'm very thankful for the time they had here. I always appreciate working with them. Two good players for me, two guys that were always putting their heart on the field, uh, very good off the field, both of them. Um, and I just appreciate the time. The time now in Atlanta is over, and we have to move on as a team. I have to move on as a coach. And the same happened you know, with Joseph, with Luis, with all the players that have departed, Marcelino, Barco. Like, we have to move on and continue. And we, we you know, those, all those names that I just put out there, George Campbell, I mean, we're facing him. I mean, uh, there are good players, and, and that's life, that's football, that, that happens. And all I can do is just to move on and, and focus on the players that I have, which also I know you, you, you heard the news, we are signing players and, and more players are coming. And then after this period of time of, you know, players leaving, players staying or players signing, then I think we can see what type of roster we have. And then wanted to follow up with him on how is he going to fill those two positions? I think in the midfield we have too many options. In midfield we have, I think we have, uh, if, if there's depth in one position, I think it's in midfield. So uh, there are a few options there. Uh, and, well, we'll have to make decisions. Of course, the, this came up quickly. So, you know, we have to adjust. Uh, but we have options. The same with Andrew. I think you've seen uh, Caleb playing left back. You've seen Aiden McFadden playing left back. Ronald Hernandez playing left back. So we have options. Depends on what we need. Um, and we will move on and we will adjust. And then I was curious if there was a specific skill that he's hoping that each player the team adds has. And what I threw out was speed. I cannot highlight one over the other. I think you want good footballers and guys that can, you know, play uh, 
you know, speed on, on its own is nothing if you don't have the ability to understand time and space. So you've seen one of the best midfielders ever is for me, Sergio Busquets. He's not the fastest guy in the world. And, you know, he understands football better than many, many, many fast players. So uh, speed is one thing. Mental speed is another one. Uh, with that saying, of course, we know Muyumba has uh, physical attributes that are going to help us. But I think the most important part is that he understands how to use his physicality. So um, you want good footballers around and there's certain characteristics you are looking because of the type of players we have around. But I would say we want overall good people, good players. And here he is talking about Tristan Mayumba, the new signing announced today. It's uh, kind of been out there for a couple of weeks now, I think, um, and how he hopes to use him. I think more as a double pivot. I think that's how, how we are planning to use him. Uh, whether it's a six, an eight, I think we are leaning more towards an eight, but uh, more as a double pivot rather than a guy that is going to be uh, uh, in between the lines or stuff like that. I don't think is his profile, uh, but he's going to be a guy that is going to help us with winning some duels that we need in the midfield, physical, can cover ground, and uh, is very good at connecting passes forward. So he's, he's going to be more of a connector from a different line, and you know uh, he has to integrate in the system, and we have to see how he shows next to some pairs and see what is the best pair there, which players adapt better to his positioning. So we have to see that uh, as a team. And lastly, here's Pineda discussing if the three center back formation is going to be the team's base going forward. We will see. Um, uh, I'm not married with one or two formations. I'm very flexible tactically. I think you have seen that. But uh, but I, at some point, I need to stick to one. So I'm just now in this moment when we don't have Mines, when we don't have, well, we didn't have uh, Derek, and now that we are losing some players, some others are adapting. After all these moving parts that, yes, will happen in the next few weeks, uh, we have to, okay, reshuffle everything. Okay, what's the best lineup? What's the best 11? And then from there, we'll make a decision. At the moment, uh, I think back five look good. We may continue with that one for the near future. And then after these two games, these three games, we will see what, what we can do. When we come back, we're going to answer your mailbag questions. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, our politics, our breaking news, our investigations, our food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you can get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts so you always know what's really going on. We didn't get any call-ins to the mailbag, but that number is 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. We're going to start with Neil Lime, I think, is the handle. It says, do I have any news about Yurgos' health? Uh, Bocanegra said the injury is not long-term. I reported yesterday that he's likely questionable for Saturday's game at Montreal. 
and then he's a week to week after that, which is, I believe, is what he was last time. The way Bocanegra described it is Gigi just kind of felt something in his thigh as he was running toward that loose pass in the first half against Philadelphia, which may be a good sign that it's not something serious. Juinters asks, does the Ibarra move mean it more likely we are keeping Almada for the rest of the season? I'm really not sure one has anything to do with the other, but I do think the team is going to keep Almada for the rest of the season. It's been really, really strange that we have seen no reports of any offers for Almada. None. There have been inquiries, and an inquiry is nothing. An inquiry might be like, what do you value him? But that it's a, it's really a nothing type of a thing. It's it's like passing the note in class to tell the girl you like her kind of a thing. Nick says, friend of the podcast, what are some of the differences between Muyamba and Abara? And do you see this loan move as the end of Abara's Atlanta United career? So, uh, yeah, this is a good question. Muyamba is not nearly as tall or I think probably as physical as Abara. He'll certainly be faster. He is going to cover ground quicker. Bocanegra says he brings an athleticism and kind of an all-around attacking talent to the position. We'll have to see how he holds up against uh, guys in Major League Soccer, which which can be a little more physical, can be a little bit bigger than some of those in Europe. But really, I, I don't have much of a scouting report on Miyamba. Ivis asks, it's very frustrated that of all the players using under-22 roster slots, we have to loan out the only one who has played well enough to earn a starting spot. Why have Lopez and Sosa had such little impact on the club despite having two-plus years to grow and improve? Have the front office people responsible for so many whiffs at under-22 signings reconsidered whether it's even worth it to try to use this roster mechanism? Well, I mean, the answer is a little clear. Lopez came when Joseph got injured. I think the club thought that the under-22 initiative was going to go into effect in that transfer window, that summer when they brought Lopez, when Lopez was brought in, and it didn't. So they had to loan Lopez to Atlanta United too. If you remember them saying that Lopez was glad to do it, he just wanted to learn the league, learn the teammates, which was a great credit to him. But then Joseph came back, and then I think Lopez got hurt. So that impacted his playing time. And then the team brought in Yurgos, and so Lopez just hasn't had a position. There's nowhere for him to play. He's gone to the twos and played for a little bit. So that's why he hasn't had that great of an impact. Plus, when Heinze got a hold of him, he moved him from a striker to a winger. So that kind of set back his career a little bit. Sosa started well. A lot of you were very, very high on Sosa. And I just didn't see what y'all saw. Uh, I saw a guy, he was a decent defender, but had trouble tracking runners and was, you know, an okay passer, but really wasn't playing teammates into any dangerous spots. Um, and then he, he's gotten hurt and Abara won the position. and But now Sosa gets a chance. Uh, I got to assume he's going to be the starter. Uh, he's really the only true defensive midfielder left on the team. Pineda said they have options. He didn't say they were good options, just options. I don't see Josetu playing that position. Uh, maybe they could train Fortune to play it. I, I don't know. And the club is going to continue to do the under-22 roster signings until MLS changes the silly rule. A fan says, I've seen lots of people jumping off Twitter and moving to threads. Any chance you are starting an account over there? Uh, Not unless my employer tells me that I have to. 
Jeff says, how does Mayumba fit into the lineup? We've relied on Almada, Abara, and Sadich in the midfield. With Alonzo returning to form and Mayumba signed, what's this look like? I don't think you're going to see Ozzy start a game this season, maybe a League's Cup game. I think it's just it's been too long, his age and everything. But I think he's going to be the guy to come in and close out results. So I don't think he's part of the equation. I think you're going to see Sosa start as a defensive midfielder, continue to, to work with Sadich. Um, I think Sadich is a better choice than Huzetu. Azetu is also a guy to come in and see out games because he can control the ball well. But in terms of generating the offense, getting going forward, that's not Azetu's strength. And then, again, I don't know what to tell you about Miyambi yet. I think it's just too early to even try to create expectations. My initial thought is it's going to be a little more like Mascara than anything else, but we'll see. Ben says, I can only guess that nobody else wanted Sosa or Mascara or they're too thin at striker to get rid of Lopez. Also suggests they don't expect to sign another striker during this window. Well, you just heard Bocanegra say they might sign another striker during this window. And I can only assume that you're probably correct about Sosa and Mosquera. I know the team likes both of them, uh, so I think maybe they couldn't find a taker for Lopez. And the rules about loaning those players out are confusing at best. I don't even think you could loan an under 22 signing to another MLS club and get that slot cleared. But I guess you can. Michael says, FYI, when you add an H to the end of your name, you turn into Doe. Well, that's true. Let's get an Atlanta United players playlist going. Would you do us all a favor and start asking players what their walk-up song would be if MLS added that? Oh, and you will need one too. So what song would that be? Be well, says Michael. Hmm. What would my song be? Probably Rapper's Delight. Greg says, thoughts on Atlanta United's future goalkeeper prospects. Westberg is out of contract, and Jop is obviously not the long-term answer. I don't know why that's obvious, but okay. Is Justin Garces on his way to Europe, and is there validity to the Josh Cohen rumors? The backup has been a revolving door ever since we did not sign Alec can well alec i think probably wanted playing time so that's why he's in cincinnati it's part of the expansion draft the josh cohen rumors are i'm not even sure where those things started i don't know if there was a report that ever tied it lending United to josh cohen but it keeps popping up in my timeline i'm not really sure there's anything to it at all i think it's more rumor than anything else at this point and you know i said a while ago that it wouldn't surprise me to see alec can back with atlanta united uh next season if his contract is up with cincinnati but we'll see. Other than that, I don't really have any idea. Coffee sip. Ah, that's good coffee. Hey, Mr. Doug, liking the podcast. I love Gutman's effort and mindset. Abara's hard tackles were fun to watch. But out of the defenders, wouldn't you say they were the most responsible for the goals we've given up this season? So I like the moves because our defense obviously had to be addressed. Keep up the good work. I don't know if I would I would say they're individually responsible for most of the goals. I think, you know, as I've said many times, a lot of times this team just seems unlucky with some of the goals that it allows. I'd have to go back and watch each one to say if I thought they were individually responsible, but usually it's a team thing. That's why I get frustrated when people blame goals specifically on Guzan. I can think of one goal that's been his fault. Uh, the rest of the time, you could, you know, point several fingers. 
But I do agree with you that no one was untradeable considering the teams allowed 35 goals. That's a crazy stat. When you have a, you know, a U.S. national team player at right back, U.S. national team player at center back, former U.S. men's national team player at goalkeeper, Caleb Wiley, who has one cap, is now going to be back at left back in place at Gutman. It's a little crazy. Question of the day from Rob. Likelihood aside, and yeah, you really have to put aside the likelihood for this question, but it's a good question. With the transfer window now open, which former five stripes player would have the biggest impact if brought back based on player form and team need? Let's limit to non-DP signings or trades. So his one, two, and three are Nagby, Gressel, and Escobar. Well, in light of today's news, I, I got to agree with you. Nagby would probably be number one. Gressel, I think, I know y'all love, love, love Gressel, but I think Brooks Lennon is doing a good job and has, has done a good job despite, again, not really getting a consistent striker to get to play with, with GGs coming in and out of the lineup for various reasons. Franco Escobar is interesting. He's having a, a decent season for Houston. He was decent for LAFC. He's just, I don't think the team likes those hothead type players. And Escobar was definitely a, a hothead type player. And John Gallagher at right back, well, the team's got that covered. It, it's interesting. I've, I've given it a lot of thought, but I think your Nagby is number one is probably what I would go with. All right. Just want to remind y'all Atlanta United plays at Montreal on Saturday. I will be in Canada covering the game at beautiful Stade Saputo. It'll be an in and out for me. Hoping to get some clarification on some things upcoming for Atlanta United while I'm there. As always, follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. This is Southern Fried Soccer. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. Pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet... You can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Mm-hmm.